0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io.
1: What's up, Hustlers? It's Andrew, founder of Marknology, your Startup Hustle podcast host for all things e-com and Amazon. Um, I'm excited to be here today with another agency owner, Michael Marr. Welcome to the show
0: what another agency owner are you sure yes thanks man for having me i'm 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 happy to be here
1: yeah um before we get started shout out to our sponsor for today's episode fullscale.io helping you build software teams quickly and affordably uh michael we've chatted before we had a um a mutual connection chris from inreach connect us um chris freiberger if anyone is in the amazon space they probably have know chris or have heard of him but it's a hard name uh, to forget right uh and he's been super um you know influential in in regards to connecting me with people um you know around the space and so i wanted to give him a shout out I, he's been on the show before um but you know a lot of things i think in a lot of uh fields a lot of people would um shy away from meeting competitors i guess or you yeah. know um people other industry experts and um i think that the amazon space um and at least a small collection of us think about it a little bit differently and it's more um, as trailblazers and thought leaders and, uh, you know, kind of pioneering this Amazon agency space, um, see each other more as, as allies and colleagues and, you know, ways to grow together.
0: It's cool. Yeah, it's collaborative. And and I like that. I mean, I just don't live in a scarcity mindset. I know, um, to quote Thomas Sowell that the only thing that's, you know, pretty certain is that there's scarcity. So there's never going to be enough of, of what you need, but, um, I live in a mindset of abundance. And so I'm not worried that someone's gonna come in and take my clients or anything like that. if if someone did steal a client or something like that, one, they weren't really our client in the first place, was't ideal if they were if they were really able to uh, to steal them away. Um, and there's so much to be had. It's like standing over a pizza and being like, No, I want all 10 pieces, but I can only eat four. You stay away. I'm gonna save the other six. I wanna save the, yeah, I wanna save the other six for tomorrow and they might go bad and I'll throw them out in the trash, but you're not gonna get any. And yeah, I think we get, I think I have gotten so much more being collaborative um, and even had people refer people to us um, and we've been able to do the same because of that collaborative nature and and i'm appreciative of that and there's there's also just plenty to go around so of course um before we get into like i want to i
1: have a couple questions for you that i think will be interesting to hear your response to but let's get for for everybody that's listening um you know i brought on a, a couple agency owners um on the show so far and we have very similar stories as far as like how we started our agencies, but um, and, and every, everyone knows mine, but I would love to get into a little bit of your backstory um, just as an entrepreneur. And um, you know, specifically, how'd you get into the Amazon space um, you know, and become an agency owner. Um, I chief idea officer as I think uh, your official title um, love your website, by the way. Oh, thanks. Um, you're welcome. I was looking at, you know, who helped you with that. It's just really clean. And as someone that struggled to, uh, exactly you know dictate or i guess like outline exactly what we do i think it's really clear and concise and i think you did a really great job
0: simple and in clean i mean less really is more that i'm a musician and so sometimes even in in music you've got the people that want to shred but it's like if you've got someone that can sit in the pocket in that groove and just keep playing and going like that's where the real experience and talent is it's it's Also, the uh, OCOM's Razor, you know, that that rule which says the simplest answer typically is the the better one. So don't overcomplicate things. Um, And the the company that did that, uh, the parent company is Malik Media. Um, A buddy of mine named Sam Malik is great with design. Um, His company, Notable, uh, helped us with that. Um, And so we're we're very, very thankful for that. And um, we did a whole rebrand originally my, you know, the business legal business is called matters of the cart. um, And it just felt like it was time. Um, But, you know, that kind of plays into my story. Like a lot of things, you know, I just hated the job I was at. And I was like, you know what? I was trying to think of the quote. uh, What were you doing? Necessity is the mother of invention. I was running and managing a Starbucks store. Okay. I'd, I'd worked there in college. I graduated with an Asian studies degree. I'll let you know when, I, when I've when i used that. Um, it's been six, 17 years uh, and I still haven't used it. So I'll, if I do it before I die, I'll, I'll be sure to um, write a little memoir on that. And I just, uh, I kept going. I thought, yeah, I'll just, I'll figure this out. Uh, I actually was in college and dropped out because I wanted to to be a full-time musician. I wanted to be a rock star. I was playing drums and singing this band. I thought, yeah, this is going to be great. And it's the, the quarter the school was still on quarters. Um, I know most have moved to semesters now, but that quarter that I dropped out, the band broke up and and we all kind of, well, I mean, I went my separate way. Um, so that was very humbling experience. My now wife, my girlfriend at the time was like, what are you going to do? I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I mean, I live in Cincinnati, so there's not a real big music scene here. Um was it like Christian metal? Or what were you playing? No. <laughs> uh, it was more like poppy kind of punk music. I, I would say in that like newfound glory type type stage. Um, okay. There's a and there's a lot of history there. Like I met my wife being a part of that, um, being a part of that scene and, and she and I had known each other for a while, but we didn't start dating until um, I was out of high school. Uh and someone that um I used to be friends with, not not friends anymore. Uh she used to date this dude and he ended up cheating on her and she was just trying to find out what's going on. And I felt like a prompting, like, I had a conversation with her over the phone and I was like, you should call her, you should just call her back and check and see how she's doing. Um, and so that ended up developing. But but anyway, uh yeah, I, I just kept working where I was at Starbucks and I after a about a year of being in that position of running a store. I just realized I hate this. It's mm-hmm. very corporate. Um, they were really at the time I, I had a good boss previously. And then the boss that, uh, took over for me, uh, or for, for my district, she was just trying to, she's like trying to fire people left and right. Um, and I, it was not a good environment. And so I, I wanted to get out and I just didn't like it anymore. So um I had sold a bunch of music equipment on eBay I was really familiar with it and I had a buddy that had started a, a whole business on eBay he hated his job um, started doing that on the side was able to leave his his you know full-time job and then expand to Amazon and uh, other things as well and that was very similar to my my journey um, was able to to run a business on eBay I mean like when I look back now and think I left, my full-time job for selling stuff on eBay, it seems kind of crazy um, because Amazon's so big and it became such a huge part of my business at the time. You know, it ended up being 70% of my business, but uh, I was able to leave after about a year. It was was so thankful. I was able to leave and and really sold pretty successfully for, for six years. Um, you know, ended up having a, a, a mid six-figure business. Um, so, th- I mean, like, I felt like that was good. It was a good accomplishment. I mean, I know it's not the million dollar 10 million dollar story but like i i feel like those are so predictable and probably not always is as true as was
1: it like arbitrage because like a little backstory on this just to like relate i toured for four and a half years uh while in college like playing bass um i grew up in the church so like i always just had instruments and like um
0: churches growing up played the the church my parents still go to today yeah
1: like uh so i went from i moved from hawaii to kansas city tried out for a band on craigslist that was the band i like craigslist was a big deal back then oh yeah Um, yeah i was in school to get a computer science degree got it took me six years but like while on tour um and then
0: on tour and completing a degree in six years that's
1: I was I was, I was going hard. Um, I was going hard, but like some of the guys in my band were working at Starbucks, um, you know, because it was a job that you could get, then we could go on tour, and then like you know, it's flexible.
0: You can get help. I mean, that was once you got above like a certain level, it just was not like the payoff wasn't wasn't right. wasn't there for me. It didn't uh, Starbucks pay they were requiring, but like up to a certain level, yeah, it was it was a pretty decent job.
1: Yeah, like so that was very like and also have you heard of Hillsong before? Oh yeah okay so guys songs. In, when the guys in my band when we like broke up because one of them went to a bigger band and then it was just like the guy I really was like running the band with had yeah. gone he was the talent um i was like the stability you know um and the one that got shit done like loaded the trailer and found a trailer and all that kind of stuff yeah. but um that band those guys actually turned into hillsong kansas city so they
0: wow. sold, yeah so That's i'm
1: kind of connected in that way um
0: my band but, turned into nothing so <laughs> it's not as exciting but
1: um, yeah we sold we sold like i brought all that up because we they used ebay and craigslist like real heavily when we were on tour and stuff like that To we would like buy gear in one city um that was a good deal or whatever and then yeah. flip it in the next town I or city that, that we were. In. i had yeah. a friend
0: who was big into synthesizers and, and he really got me into it. And we, there was one time we actually went to Detroit and purchased, I mean, Detroit was, was, it was nothing. Um, it's, I know it's starting to to reemerge now, but yeah, I, I uh, had a, a buddy and he and I went and bought some synths, and I just taught, I mean, I say I taught myself, but I figured out how to like solder stuff. And so I'd like reattach a new battery and people thought it didn't work, but it was like this small fix in this one keyboard. So that's even how I knew about selling online. And my buddy just said, Hey, here's how you turn it. It it was more traditional retail, but I was a reseller. So like I went to a trade show in Vegas for the first time, invested like $2,000, did research um, using Terapeak. That was a Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. eBay research software. I think they're still going strong, but... Yeah, that that's where I originally got started and finally was able to leave. And, um, you know, I, I still am a big coffee lover and it's developed over time. I used to think Starbucks was the greatest. And then I left and realized, okay, there's more to the art of roasting than people let on. And now the whole coffee scene is like, we're going to roast so light. Um, because Starbucks is so dark and it ends up tasting vegetal, it's it's not it's not good. So there, there's a, a nice middle ground that's there. I think there's a nice middle ground with a, with a lot of things. We just gotta be willing to embrace that. And I did that for six years and I and I loved it. But I got complacent because I wasn't as passionate in what I was doing and I was so disconnected from community. I I did not know other entrepreneurs. I didn't even consider myself an entrepreneur until a couple of years ago. I just thought I'm a small business owner, you know, whatever. Um, I kind of made myself, when I first started the business and I was selling product, I'm like, I'm going to get to a million. I'm going to do all this stuff. Um, And ultimately I I was, I was creating my life how I wanted it to be. And I wasn't asking God, like, what do you really want me to do? And where, where should I be going? And so I had a hit a huge hurdle in 2016 Uh, for anyone that was selling on Amazon at that time in 2015, Amazon opened up the marketplace to Chinese sellers, which is cool, not I know that there's issues with fakes and stuff like that, but I, I really believe in a global economy. And so that doesn't bother me. The problem was um, I had not run a, a, a cash heavy business. I had debt, um, mismanaged money just cause I didn't know. I, I went to school uh, with, and got an Asian studies degree. I didn't have any business training. I just you know, went out on my own. My buddy that started, he was an accountant. So he was mm-hmm. like talking about balance sheets and double entry accounting. I'm like, I don't know what the hell that is. like. What do you mean? Why are you putting in money here and then taking out there? That doesn't make any sense. Relatable. Um, any, anyway, it, my business basically crashed because all of the Chinese sellers were selling product at my cost uh, for, for one of my main products. And I had to uh, tell my wife, hey, I can't bring in an income anymore. Um, and then I had to say, OK, what am I doing with this business? What am I going to do to generate money? My, my wife and I both work um, and me not working was not really an option. So I, um, I had nightmares about going back and working at Starbucks. Like I would be like back there and customers would be hassling about stuff and, you know, people. And, and so that was, that would, I was like man i just don't want to end up back there
1: we call those server nightmares for okay. like anyone in the service industry like has those nightmares where like you have so many tables like you can't oh, remember who ordered nightmare. what like you can't like you're dropping drinks like yeah, yeah everyone's had that because that's like your worst nightmare as a server yeah and legit uh my company is made up of a lot of like ex servers or service okay. industry people i think bartenders and stuff are just like make the best employees um because they can talk I to anyone right. and you know, know. um But yeah, like maybe your Starbucks dream, like that's a very common thing in the service industry. You're just like, I can't make all these drinks and like everything's going crazy.
0: I'm the only person here. Nobody showed up. What's funny is that right around the time when I could not take a paycheck anymore, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I just kind of reevaluated everything and said, maybe maybe I'm not going to run and own my own business. I don't know. Um, And I just, it was an opportunity for me to really grow closer to God. And I think- a lot of times people ruin things like spirituality and they, and it can turn into religion and religious addiction where it's about the practice. It's not about the personal relationship, mm-hmm. uh, with, with, you know, with God or whatever, whatever you want to call them. It's, I'm not going to, um, sit here and, and talk theology, but no, speak your truth. Um, but, but I mean, I, I, I really needed that. And it forced me to get out in community, that crash. And now where I'm involved with a lot of entrepreneurial communities, other things that are happening in Cincinnati, um, things that are happening internationally. And I never would have done that if that crash wouldn't have happened. And I did pivot into this service-based business, Cartology, um, You know, started really at the end of 2016. And I ended up going back and managing an independent coffee shop and I thought, like, I I've, I I've failed. I've, I've ended up back where my nightmare was that I, I got out of. And guess what? I didn't die. I was okay. It was a humbling experience, but I learned to be thankful even in a moment when I was not making a lot at this coffee shop job. I was having to deal with the typical stuff of like someone doesn't show up. And so since I was in charge, if I opened that morning and no one was there to close, I was the one that was closing. So dealing with that while building this, you know, service-based business up and, um, you know, have developed it into Cartology today. Uh, and and there's some, I got, I had such great experience from that, but I mean, it was a totally different time too. If you were selling on Amazon back in 2014, 2015, it was all SEO based, you know, advertising was just coming out like in 20, 2015 or maybe yep. 2016. So, um, It was a very interesting time but i'm very thankful to have that experience because i'm i'm in a service based business now i love that i love the interactions with other people um my whole team is remote uh which is which is awesome Uh, we don't have a a space uh, and and that's not something that it it, we maybe we do at some point i've got like you know big big growth ideas Um, and that was one of the things i wasn't doing was dreaming very big i was just Mm -hmm. like yeah, I'm just going to be a business owner and, and no big deal. And, and I was really prompted to um, step out and, and be bold. And that's the, the calling that got a place in my life. So I'm like, I'm going to build this agency and we're going to see what happens. Um, it's been really cool. And my goal, uh, and I'm realizing this more just even within the past couple of weeks is, it's not my business. I'm just being a good steward with what I've been given. Mm-hmm. And and, that, and that's ultimately what it's about. And so- when I removed myself as the focal point, even though I ended up having to, you know, get in front of the camera and, and do videos for LinkedIn and, and become the the face of the brand. Um, it's really not about me. And it's about this team being successful and, and bringing on the right people and bringing on the right clients. I'm sure we could have a whole show where we just talked about uh, clients that didn't work out, things that we messed up, but, you know, clients that we took on and we're just like, that was not a good, I made a big mistake bringing that um, person on. But those those were experiences that I have been able to learn from, um, and, and so it was only failure when I was in that transition. If I had, if the story stopped, you know, at the end of 2016, it it would it would have been failure. But the story kept going, mm-hmm. and I and I kept living. So I I really embraced what was a pretty big fear of mine, and I went and I lived through it, and even am excelling now past that. And I feel really in tune with the purpose where I'm supposed to be. Um, And Amazon is just an, it's an exciting world too. I mean, I I got kind of hooked on the advertising side of things, uh, but general account management too. And just saw there was a ton of opportunity and I was like, okay, well, I want to scale this thing. I don't want to just, it to just be me. And so that's when I just started, started building.
1: I love that. Well, I want to, I want to pick it up from there. Our our stories are so similar, like legitimately. I remember that. Um, Yeah, from the glass, like the ceiling. Like I think, if anyone asked me, like you know, what's your biggest mistake or things like that, and if you want to call it that, I would say that it's over and over and over and over again. I kept I keep setting the ceiling too small, and um, for me, not for not compared to other people or anything like that, but just because sure. um, then I get to that ceiling, I've accomplished it, and then I'm like lost because I'm like, well, where do I go now? I haven't. I this is where I was trying to go, you know. <laughs> like and God, uh,
0: like it's I did it.
1: Right. It's like, okay, uh, And then, like, you know, the part about I'm I'm a I'm an introvert that learned to be extroverted and out of necessity to survive. Like, you know, um, I went from like a very religious kid, raised that way, preacher's kid, fourth generation and missionary kid to Africa, to Kansas City Mo High School. And like I being myself wasn't exactly embraced by everyone and so you know you yeah. turn you kind of turn introverted and um you know had to work through a lot of those things and now i'm the you face of the company
0: when you were younger
1: yes okay uh, um i think it was like coming as a white kid raised in africa to hear yeah. just like people didn't amazing. know what people didn't know what to do with me and and you know um 2001 2002 um you know american society has come a long way too with acceptance and just yeah. inclusion and a lot of things like Um, you know, I just didn't even know how to be American really. Like I didn't, uh, so, you know, for, I have a strong passion for immigrants and, um, you know, people that go through that because I, I firsthand know what it feels like just not fitting in and, um, just overcoming a lot of those fears. Like, you know, um, I think being in a band helped because I learned how to perform a little bit and it was like legitimately like putting on this, um, you know, you're an actor, you know, even if it's up on stage, you're throwing guitars and doing whatever you're putting on a show. Yeah. Um, And that helped me, you know, and I think about you talk about
0: what's that? It's a high pressure situation, too. Like you want to do a good show. Don't want to make a lot of mistakes. Are you going to the effort that you put in? Is that going to pay off? So,
1: yeah, no. okay. so so much similarities here, even to the point of like looking back at my lows and being like, that was failure then like catastrophic failure but now i look back on it and i'm like that was the turning point so that's like my golden nugget moment you know um but it changes everything the way you think about everything but let's talk about like kind of the agency stuff i want to talk a little bit about to to anyone listening um you know i think there's a lot of people that do retail arbitrage or wholesaling on amazon and things like that and we're in a different space you know and uh even when you were saying, Hey, back then it was all SEO. I remember being the only person in my little world, uh, from everything I was reading online or webinars or podcasts, no one was talking about SEO on Amazon. I remember being like, I'm not crazy. Like, I know that these keywords like here, do this. And yes, yes. You know, I was, um, I was arguing with brands back then because you didn't really have expertise or like, you know, you couldn't get them to just trust your word. And, but I was positive, you know, I was just, uh, I was trying to get myself out of debt and so i was freelancing um and it was like through upwork i got top 10 in the world on upwork which is like in the digital marketing category but like think about it six seven years ago there wasn't i was the only one doing amazon oh yeah right so like i was in the top 10 but Mm -hmm. i was american-based and um getting good reviews and so it just like started bringing in business really um and I was able to just try and fail on all these SEO things. And, you know, that's how we kind of create our methodology here was sure back then it was all reviews, 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 reviews. Um, I'm like, SEO matters too. I'm pretty sure like they're just weighted differently, you know, like this matters and people wanted to write sales copy. They didn't have any keywords and I'm like, I don't think that's how it does here, you know, but like no one's listening. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, now we're here and we own agencies and we're doing our own thing and, um, But I want to talk to you a little bit about like, so going from like where you have a little product that China could copy or like, you know, you had some private label stuff or you were reselling or wholesaling, whatever that was, and then taking the move into like using your advice to help other people um, like service based that fit me a lot better, mainly because I was doing this in the first place to make money. So like just I would spend hundreds of hours on projects, sometimes Excel sheets and whatever to figure stuff out. It was just to, you know, get paid for that. I didn't have anything invested other than my time, which I had a lot of it at the time. Um, And so, but, you know, it's changed so much. And we talked about a holistic brand approach on Amazon. Um, Like over the years, these things didn't even exist at the beginning, right? So like what is, let's just kind of break it down a little bit for anyone listening, give them a little bit of value here. But what, um, you know, what do you think a brand needs to be focused on? And like, what are you working with brands to do? Like if a brand approaches you and they're like, hey, um, I'm not on Amazon or I'm on Amazon. My listings are okay. I feel like we can improve them quite a bit. Like, what do you think we should
0: do, Mike? Client education is, is such a big part of what we do. And it's something that we don't always get right because, and my whole, um, I really stepped away from the client-facing stuff and I'm involved with like strategy, um, but it's really been building out a sales process this year. And, and so I've come head to head with a lot of different ideas and methodologies. And when someone comes to us with that kind of scenario, what we do is take that as an opportunity, ask a lot of questions. You know, What are you doing sales-wise? Uh, what are your thoughts on spending money on advertising all this stuff? Gather their profile and say, okay, here, here's who we're dealing with and then say take that as an opportunity to say we're not just going to try and sell you on services because one if you're not a good fit um you're not a good fit it, it, we we if we don't believe in the project we won't take it on we believe in our skill set so we want to believe in 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 the you know the products that we're that we're taking on the brands really that we're taking on
1: stop stop right there real quick like what is um i know my answers right but i kind of want to yeah. hear yours um what's a good fit for cartology or like, you know, an agency of our size, like for, for brands out there thinking about Amazon, what is a good fit? Can you, can you define that?
0: Yeah. So we're really looking for brands that have a brand story. They they know and understand who they are. They just need to get their product in front of the right people and retail's So fractured. We always talk about taking an omni-channel approach. Uh, you know, we don't think you should have all of your eggs in one basket um, and even brick and mortar, you know, due to the pandemic was was not uh, a fail-safe. Mm-hmm. Um, ton, tons of losses there. And, and a lot of people that are adopting uh, to e-commerce and Amazon, which, you know, makes up a big percentage of that, uh, about 40% from the research that i have done of, of e-commerce sales. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking for brands that really see Amazon as an opportunity. Um, they're in a growth phase. You know, we're not dealing with the, Uh, Hundred million dollar people that are wanting to add, you know, five an additional five million on. Um, We're we're working with brands that are really probably around that one million in total sales. They could be mostly on Amazon. They could be splitting that between uh, Amazon and their their e-commerce site. Um, So we're we're working with those kind of brands in that area. Mostly smaller teams. I mean, once you get up above. I mean, honestly, once you get above like 20 or 30 people, it really changes the structure of, of how you work with a team, mm-hmm. uh, unless there's a point person that you're going through. But if you've got to get approval of this head of this department and then this head of this department and gotta get all this buy-in and you're trying to make changes quickly because Amazon moves quickly, which is why there's so many small brands that are out uh, and in total, you know, are selling a lot more, more billions of dollars worth of stuff than some of these, you know, big 1P brands is because I believe is because they're able to move quicker and make decisions and and really hone in on some of the the micro stuff. Whereas I see uh, a lot of big brands just from talks with other agencies who might be working with those big brands, you know, they're not even, they're just trying to get product listing pages done well. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, we're over here dealing with
1: really science
0: behind an algorithm (laughs) and and, and really complex advertising strategies and like advertising is barely on their book they're probably not they're mostly relying upon brand strength um that's something we see a lot is if you i'll just say you know if you're like campbell's suit you're relying upon people to search campbell's and go for that are you really getting into the the regular market and a lot of times we're seeing some people do that, but they're not doing it really efficiently or they're not doing it effectively. Um, so th- those are the kind of brands that we're, those are the kind of people we're looking to work with. We're not dealing with, with uh, retail arbitrage or resellers or even private label sellers, because I feel that the longevity is going to come from the brand because they're going to have a story arc that lasts, whereas the private label person is going to say, all right, this product, one-year lifespan, This not- and then we'll get this other product, and it could morph into whatever you want. Um, and then resellers, such little room for, for cost that it's just not even worth it to, to purchase our services. You
1: hit that out of the park. I feel like I teed you up. You said exactly what I was hoping you would say because I would have said Thank the you. same. Um, I have a question about, like, what if you come across a brand that's um, – you know they're do, they're at that million dollar mark or 500,000 or can fo- can afford you whatever that looks like um but their story isn't clearly defined do you help them define that story or you just say hey like maybe you should talk to a branding agency and come back to me when you're ready like what's your approach there
0: it, it's a it's a mixture of both if they're close and they just need help translating on Amazon we can do that but we are not a a branding agency and so we will say you like the the there was someone who recently um, I got connected with, and he's got this concept, he's got this idea, and and I've built brands before, some that have succeeded, some that have not, um, and so I've got some experience. And when anytime I go to develop a new brand, like I have a process that I go through. There, you know, questions that the person, the branding agent uh, or company that we'll work with, will ask, and so I'm familiar with that. And I've got. Um, a deck of cards called a brand deck that, you know, it basically has different emotions on it. Like, are you open-minded or are you set? Are you fixed? And that helps you determine what's the voice of your brand. But if someone doesn't have it really defined and there's nothing there, like I'll say, look, there, there's not a, this is not compelling enough to, I think it's a cool idea, but it's not compelling enough to really sell. I don't see there really being a good why or a good solution for something. Um, I'd be happy to recommend you to some branding agencies, or recommend you to, to someone that you you know that feel like could help. But it can't just it just can't be about a product only anymore, because you have to have a competitive advantage. That yes, the market's getting more crowded. There's going to be more sales that get created. Um, there's plenty more people that are going to jump into this Amazon space. But you have to have something that really separates and separates you and makes you unique. And it, unique doesn't have to be, you know, I am from New Guinea and I'm making a fava bean uh, chairs that are, you know, patrolling based. I don't know. I'm just like throwing words out there right now, but it doesn't have to be like the most creative thing. It just means like you have to, you have to solve something and it has to be meaningful for people. If you're not solving something, if you're not and, and I've done a lot of research. Um, I haven't read Donna Miller's story brand book. Um, but I've, you know, watched a lot of his videos and, um, some of the branding people we work with, you know, really believe in what he's doing. And it's like, you gotta have, you gotta have a really quick way to say, we fixed this problem. Like one of the, one of the best. When, when people, when I love when people say like, what do you do? And I'm like, I I mean, I do a lot of things like, what do you, what do you want to know? Um, but when people talk about You know what is your business i just say we help people to sell more things on amazon like that's about as basic as it gets it is more complex than that but if that's really what we're after is taking a brand and just saying let's get you to actually be successful and amazon to be a sustainable sales channel for you
1: i love it i um i'm definitely trying to take marknology to the next tier of brands that we're working with you know like 10 million and above yeah um having a lot of fun there, mainly because we get more tools to play with. And that means I get to learn more. And, and you know, they're doing stuff off Amazon, they just they've got more weapons and, and tools in the tool chest. Um, but definitely are operating in that $1 million range as well. You know, we have about 50 brands with Marknology. So uh, we run the gambit. Um, I had a guest on Uh, last week on the podcast from omg commerce in springfield missouri and they uh brett and he he's uh um, they focus on um youtube ads okay so it's a niche like you know and could definitely be used like if you're you know for certain types of of products to to build traffic to them yeah but he he used he coined kind of this phrase that really stuck with me it was the difference knowing the difference between demand capture and um demand generation right so demand capture is like i have a, a podcast mic here there's people looking for podcast mic i have a new podcast mic that they don't know about i'm just going to get them to you know find ours and then demand generation is like this is a new invisible podcast mic that no one knows that they need yet but like yep. it's an invention you know we're going to like get them to know about it and that can be really hard if it's a product that's like Pretty, you know, creative, pretty out there, um, and has it was just a, a really concise way to put, you know, some of the challenges we face when someone has a unique product. Um, sometimes you're just trying to to capture it, and I think that's if they have a good story and they have a good value add, like that's the sweet yeah. spot to be in. Um, but I, I'm very much in the same boat of trying to identify exactly what you know, those clients are, we still win and we still lose, um, with brands on Amazon. It's not a hundred percent, you know, batting, batting average, um, you know, when you're launching, but I still find ourselves very much in that place where, um, you know, our tagline is like, we help brands tell their story on Amazon. Um, and it, that's just because, you know, whether it's photos or the copy or the follow-up, um, you know, they can have they can have a brand that's great in brick and mortar. They can have a, a brand that's great in a catalog. They can have all different types of brands. But building it for Amazon is something completely different. Um, you know, you have to use what what's project. there.
0: When people are used to like digital marketing and they come into Amazon and like, well, this is how AdWords work. And I'm like, OK, that's how AdWords works. Amazon doesn't work that way. Right. Um, there There were things that I noticed when advertising first started, like we're getting a lot more sales overall in this product, but they're not being attributed to advertising. Why is that? Um, that's when, when I was just doing like singular keywords and you know, the PPC had just come out and now we're like, people are are saying tacos more and it's like, okay. and, And we've actually done some work on like, how do we, with a statistically significant, um, probability, how do we determine if ad spend is actually affecting total sales? And we sometimes are like, there's a very low correlation here. We're not, we're not seeing that. Um, and other times it's like, every time someone spends a dollar on ads, they actually earn an additional 67 cents in organic sales with a with a really high probability so in our minds that's not including your regular organic sales that's not including your your paid sales you're just getting an additional 67 cents which is which is kind of crazy so no
1: that's awesome and that's a that's some cool math a uh, cool case study i i definitely believe like the ads And strategies around the ads can directly impact your organic, you know, keyword ranking. And if you're tracking those kinds of things, without getting too technical, but like, you know, if you've got 10 keywords in a listing, you're tracking those in a keyword tracker. And then you're, you know, you're advertising with an exact match type on Amazon, meaning it's yeah. that exact search phrase that gets them to come there. Um, whether they're clicking on the listings, whether they're typing in exactly what's in your listing, um, you know, you dial up the ads, you can see the organic rank climb, you know, and you can dial it down and, and see that drop off because it's the, you know, it's traffic coming to it or, um, you know, simple things like in, in Amazon attribution where you're running a Facebook ad to a landing page, that landing page drives them to Amazon. And you've got that landing page there to qualify the traffic, right? And yeah. you can see when you turn it on, you know, um, the outside traffic kind of coming in, you see your sessions climb and you either see your conversion rate go up or down. If you're qualifying yeah. it correctly, it should be improving, but you right. know, there's, there, there's these strategies that unless you're like in the weeds of Amazon and really understand it, um, from a holistic perspective, um, you know, doesn't matter if you're doing Google PPC or Facebook or TikTok or YouTube or, um, you know, just understanding how the platform works and the best way to do it is, is super important.
0: And I wonder if people, um, I, like a lot of people, struggle with um, an abstract pride. You know, when does that get in the way? When does that prevent me from, from growing as a human? Um, and, and can I, at a moment's notice... Do something. Someone calls me out on it. Can I say you're right? I messed that up. My bad. Keep going. Um, that's one of the. That's one of the. I guess measures I'm marking myself by is okay. Am, am I able to to just be open and, and be authentic in that way? And not always. Um, but I feel like I wonder why are why do people? So I feel like sometimes people put up barriers to knowing and understanding Amazon. It's like well th- that doesn't make any sense. Okay. Well, here let me let me explain it to you. And and I've had people say, um, still say that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, okay, like I I pretty clearly explained it. But how can I how can I help you better understand it? Um, but also, I I really believe that that pride is is a reason why some people don't succeed uh, on Amazon because they're like this isn't working. Um, I I heard people a year ago, two years ago, say, man, the reach on LinkedIn is, is just dead. It's not there anymore. I've been posting for the past month and I'm not seeing any increase. And I'm like, yeah, because you have to post regularly for six months for a year to build up a following and to get the organic reach that you want. And there's a lot of other components that go in there. So that's why we we talk about holistic strategies on Amazon because you have to focus on the big thing. And for us, or for the, for the overall, for the overall piece of the pie And when we're talking with a brand, they're like, well, we want, like you said, we want our listings to look better. And I'm like, okay, we want your listings to look better. Now, how do you get people to get to the listings? We utilize advertising that's going to help us overall. And so then we can start to build out a strategy and educate and say here and not educate in a condescending way, like you don't know Amazon, but just saying, here's how this works. And we've even adjusted our our onboarding period to um, onboarding materials to say, here's what you should expect. He, he, and here, here are the assumptions that we we are, the, the rules, I guess, that we're living by. We need to make sure that we're in agreement on those. So we're not unequally yoked in our relationship. So we don't are bought into Amazon and how things work. And you're sitting over here saying, we shouldn't spend any money on ads. We should just be, you know, ranking organically. Our, our first image needs to be the best. But I, I wonder if sometimes people don't understand it because of pride. And it's like, I, I don't want to better understand it. I don't want to understand it that much that I'm going to put myself in a place of, of learning and, and growing. Um, I've done, you know, PPC stuff on, on AdWords or yeah, on AdWords I've, I've done social media campaigns. So I have a little bit of knowledge, but that's not my milieu. Like I would not go out and I might say, Hey, here's some things I would think about, but you need to talk to someone that really knows what they're doing because it's a whole entity into itself. I had a guy one time. We increased ad spend tenfold he did not see a tenfold increase in sales right away in a competitive category. Would not expect that to happen. I would not expect that to happen. No one no, on my team would. He did not see it that way. And so a lot of times it comes down to conversations like, are you asking the right questions? Uh, have you done your research on, on this brand and, and on what they what they actually want? Because sometimes people will tell you. you know, veiled things like this is what we want, but in actuality, there's something else that's behind there that you don't get to. Mm -hmm. And and I, and I love, I love this story because it just speaks to, it kind of of speaks to our culture too. Like everyone just makes assumptions based off of a headline um, or they see a picture and they're like, well, you know, here's the thing, or we're so quick to say, take action on this one thing. And it's like, let's just better understand what's going on and then we make sure we take the appropriate action. We do that in onboarding. It's like, give us all your information so that we can do that up front. And a lot of people are like, yeah, man, we just want to get this product sold. And it's like, okay, well, that's not what's going to work. But long story short, the guy said, you know, hey, we're we're expecting a, a 10x return. And I said, you know, what do you? And, and so I brought it back to a really basic place and just said, what are you basing your 10x growth in ad sales on? From that uh, change in uh, an increase in ad spend tenfold. So if you're spending two hundred dollars and you're you're getting four you know you're getting four hundred dollars in sales, his expectation was if you spend two thousand, you're gonna get four thousand. And it's not how it works. We know there's you know time it takes to get sales attributed on certain keywords. And I just said, what are you know what are you basing that expectation off of? And he said, life. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, this is a very weird. This kind. Of, this is not going to work. And, and we ended up not working together. But it just spoke to. I think, and part of the reason why I feel like podcasts like this, um, people like you that are willing to talk and 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 provide additional education to people, um, there's really not a lot of people. There there's probably a thousand service providers and other agencies that are out there, and that's still not enough people to really explain and get people to understand how Amazon works there's mm-hmm. so much to unpack there and amazon just keeps releasing new tools too that that are cool like at amazon attribution that can now you can now track your sales coming in from social media and and actually qualify is this traffic working um but not everyone is wanting to maybe even get that granular i don't Be- know
1: before attribution like the only way was like to have unique coupon codes or discount yeah. codes that you track to instagram or facebook or I'm working with the attribution team on a case study right now. Oh, okay. So I'm kind that's of excited. Cool. Um, yeah, we'll see what what comes of it. You know, they're always doing case studies and stuff. So Yeah, I would love
0: uh, to, to hear more about that. That's that's cool.
1: Yeah, I saw uh, in one of the clients I just logged into, um, I was looking at his campaigns and um, they actually had like track your off Amazon sales as a tab right there under campaign manager. I was
0: uh, like, okay.
1: Okay, like this is cool. And it was like a link to you to attribution, you know. Um, but anyone that's been in this space a long time has been waiting for this to come and has gone through a bunch of renditions, you know, it's getting a little bit better. But um, yeah. you know, really it is like the client stuff. Like I could talk to you all day about the client stuff because I'm dealing with a lot of that right now. We get a lot of churn toward the beginning of the year, like a lot of brands signing up, a lot of brands like um either switching partners or bringing it in-house or you know figuring stuff out doing their analysis um and it is like i've tried the big onboarding sheets you know and the packets and getting them to sign up get to do all that can be you know a lot um you know dealing with the big teams versus there's no decision makers there no one wants to stick their head out uh because it's they're not the one paying the bill so they don't really want to stick their head out um you know to the conversations around expectations i think my onboarding process is like every call, I think I'm just like hammering expectations and, like, uh, for, yeah. And I like, I'd rather focus on all the positives of like getting them going. Like, I'd rather be a, a salesman more, honestly. Yeah. Um, but instead, I feel like I just spend so much time setting expectations. And like, I don't know what you guys have read, but like, I, I, Rome was not built in a day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, anything you're doing just like takes time. Um, yeah like if they were going to launch a new brick and mortar store or they were going to launch a website or any number of things, right? Uh, Launch a new sales team. If we want to consider ourselves e-commerce salesmen, um, those things take time. And I think if someone had a successful sales team or a successful store in a year's time, they would be stoked in any other Avenue, you know? Um, But it comes down to, to amazon it seems like expectations are like two weeks we started today and they wanted it two weeks ago yeah Uh,
0: or even 30 days is a i like the two weeks ago because that that really is accurate it's like well we just need we just need to get sales and it's like well yeah it's like saying we just need to get a car but if we don't have any parts how are we going to get a car (laughs) like we got to start somewhere yeah i think that's that's spot on yeah, it's just um, you know, slow is
1: smooth and smooth is fast as they say, like, you know, patience, patience, patience and um it, I don't know, it's a fun space, but I think it really is about dialing down. There's so much business out there. Um, you know, for for our space right now, there's so much um I want to work with brands that want to win, and to yes. me, them wanting to win is not I want sales. It's wanting to win is to do all the things the right way and and um, you know, build a sustainable business. That's winning to me. Um. So yeah, trying to filter that out can be a job all in itself.
0: And sustainability means profitability, and a lot of people talk about, you know, even just LinkedIn titles like fifty million in in ad spend managed. And I'm like, that that is cool that you've had that responsibility. Um, that's not a great qualifier. This isn't going to be a perfect analogy, but it would be like saying, um. You know uh, the two baseball team, i I don't know anything about sports. I mean, I know, but I'm not a big sports person. so like um, let's say i'm I'm not even gonna say teams because I'll just like get conferences wrong or whatever, but like two baseball team, let's say your home team and you got your away team. Um, saying fifty million in, in manage ad spend is like saying, hey, the home team scored seven. Someone asked you, how did the game go? You said, oh, the home team scored seven.
1: Well, what the away
0: scheme okay, what do they wait what do you mean? Yeah, home scheme scored seven. who cares? And, that, and you're not qualifying anything, which is why profitability is so key. And we have very transparent reporting with our clients that says, here's your sales. Here's your cost of goods, your landed cost of goods. Here are your, your Amazon fees. Here are your advertising fees. Here are our fees. Here is your real profitability. And the, the way Amazon's accounting versus sales reporting system works, they don't speak to each other. Super frustrating, especially when people are trying to, to reconcile their books and like, this isn't adding up. It's like, yeah, it's not going to add up. So don't don't even bother trying to, to, to get it to add up. Uh, and profitability is important. So when people are saying seven-figure, eight-figure sales um, or sales consultant, I'm like, that's great. I'd rather have a business that does $500,000 and takes home 250 and does a million and takes home 100,000
1: that's a, that's a lot of the hype. And, uh, I'll tell you a little story on that too. And I, I want to wrap up just cause we're coming up on the hour where, where people can reach you and, and find more of your content, but I'll end it with this story. Whenever I was on Upwork, um, I worked with Adidas and it was one of the bigger brands and I was just blown away at the time. So this is like, yeah, seven years ago. I'm like, how am I working with Adidas? This is yeah. so <laughs> cool. You know, like, um, I just didn't even know what I know now. Think about it. Like seven years of obsession like yeah. all in my own business now, like, you know, not even close to the same amount, but um, I was helping them onboard onto Amazon. I was being white labeled by another agency, okay. Oh, okay. A, big, a big one. And so that's how I got in, but they were also, the Adidas team was aware that I was a consultant. So um, I'm there and I, my job, they had just acquired like a smart uh, tech brand uh into adidas so it was like called my coach and they were going to be in adidas watches and things like that fitbit stuff and i was putting them up on amazon setting up the pages like it was just me i was a one-man show then um and i started well curiosity got me a little bit and so i looked at their advertising and i saw the acos was just like and this is kind of when it was first coming out um and the acos was like so high i mean it was just 200 300 percent you know yeah. i I think i was watching um it wasn't q4 yet and so we were coming into q4 and i just started pestering them because i'd only been hired to do the job for the content like create the a plus pages and stuff. yeah yeah and adidas was vendor central so they had um a plus pages back then before seller central people got it right and uh They had amazing assets, like all this kind of stuff. I was like, I really want to do the ads. Like, this is like what I've become obsessed with. Like, I'm really good at the ads. Like, this is how I've grown these people's businesses, even before I knew all the SEO and everything else. And um, I I was like, I just begged and begged and begged. And finally the lady was like, Okay, we'll give you our worst product. Okay. So they gave me the worst product. That's awesome. And I outperformed that agency by 280% in A cost. Okay. So what they had done versus what I did. And I didn't get I didn't continue to get the job, even though I blew them out of the water by like several hundred percent. And I was just yeah. like confused as a young entrepreneur and business person. I was a side hustler. I was a band guy. I was a survivor. Like, you know, get the job done, get paid, get your bills paid. Yep. You don't do things that don't make sense, um, you know, be profitable. And that was my first interaction with a business or an agency, like a marketing agency, where it was more about them maintaining the budget they were given by their bosses, Right, like we're gonna give you twenty thousand a month to spend. We need yep. to like, and they and the ad agency gets paid off to twenty thousand. Don't um, underspend, but don't
0: overspend.
1: D- exactly right. So hit that mark. That's what's most important. It has nothing to do with profitability. It has nothing to do with anything like that. If we spend fifteen thousand, they're not gonna give us twenty thousand the next month because they would say, "Hey, we gave you fifteen thousand. You got these same results." And so that twisted way of thinking, kind of with these big agencies. Um, and so when I see all these numbers, I really just think that's bullshit. Like,
0: it for the really most part, It's not. It's 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 hype. It's bravado. It's pride. We can do this. I can do this. I got this. And I'm just like, that's that's the sexy way to go. To say you know, 50 million in in, in managed spend. Um, in some cases, in some cases, I think it's actually helpful. Like in the case of a, of a refund. Service saying, Hey, we've already gotten 20 million refunded for sellers. Like to me, that's like, okay, that's quantifiable because that's money that you're getting back. They're generating way more sales than that. But for the most part, it's like, cool, I can count to one, two, three, one million. I counted to one million. I'm, you know, first Amazon consultant to one million live on the Startup Hustle podcast on Thursday.
1: It's clickbait, you know, but like as someone that competes in the advertising agency partnership program with at least in the, the the tier I'm in pilot one, the pilot one is 60, 60 agencies, we're all under 10 million that are in this group, I think. Um, there's two that are service based, one of them is us. So okay. the other 58 are softwares, yeah. um, you know, and I and I'm proud of that, because I know, you um, know, I know what a lot of this automation software does in our space, you know, mm-hmm. and there's, there's more that can be done. If you're a human behind it, um, yes. I would say they do about 70, like seven, they would get C's in school, uh, you know, in my mind. Um, so, you know, it's a, kind of getting that C plus you, that's what you're going to get out of an automation. I don't care what automation you're using. strategy. Um, it's
0: not strategy. It's it's, not
1: strategy. Right. it's, it's automation and it's, you know, money management and bid management and things like that. And it can be, Very helpful to use them, Um, but not for strategy, right? Mm -hmm. You need a human behind it kind of... why do we want to do this? Why do we want to, um, have defensive ads on, you know, product targeting ads on our listings? Well, why would we want to have a high a cost there Well, we want to protect our brand space or just depending on what the goals are. Right. Um, but I I take a lot of pride in that, even though, you know, I was, I literally was on a call with Amazon advertising right before this podcast. And, uh, I was trying to be the squeaky wheel a little bit, um, you know, trying to get some attention and I want to be listed in the partner directory and, you know, there's some different stuff. And, um, you know, they're like, well, this, this agency is doing 7 million in ad spend. And, you know, there's the VMLs and there's the Vayner medias and there's the fortress brands. And, um, I said, you know, Abhishek, um, and, and, uh, I was like, the thing is, is that these big agencies, they might have an ex Amazonian, or they might already be an established big, big agency that has brands like Kellogg's that are spending a lot of money. So they, they hit these high end thresholds, but they're not exactly your, your scientists on the ground in my mind and uh you know it's agency owners like us i think that are like making the most with little for these brands that are yes. actually learning the most um, Those
0: are the best case studies too
1: exactly like and so i i get a little passionate about it because like it's i don't think I it's
0: be you because i was i was passionate about it
1: <laughs> it's a little it's a little healthy pride i think to yeah, know yeah. like you know it's a little healthy pride to know um you know who you're up against and you know my my agency might be managing two and a half million or three million in ad spend um but i know that none of the brands are keeping us that aren't being profitable like and 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 i'm proud of that you know and i know that we're growing small business and um so just just harboring on that point that like you know the that the big number really means nothing uh and and if if gary v was here i think he would you know, double tap um, that what's sexy, what's going to be sexy in the future. I think even post pandemic is going to be profitable businesses.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, how else do you, how else do you, do you stick around? You can't stick around if you're not profitable, unless you have an endless supply of VC, and nobody's going to get an endless supply of VC because people want to get their money back. That's why investors are investors. They invest to get more money. They're not just doing it because they're like, man, I really want to spend $10 million this year. So I'm just going to invest in stuff. And that's going to be my philanthropy for the year. It's you got to, you got to be able to turn a profit. And you are, you're creating the case studies that are way, like the the big companies that are getting access to all the, the newest um, and like closed betas of stuff because they're, they're spending, you know, like you said, a, a lot of money they're not they're not the best case studies in my opinion because they're not so worried about a cost they're not they're not so much focusing on return like you said they're focusing on spend this amount don't spend more don't spend less that's why smaller brands are outperforming you and selling 150 billion dollars worth of stuff uh worth of products and and you're not and honestly i from what amazon's sec filing said their marketplace sales in 2019 only did a little like i think around 200 billion i could be wrong in that so that means that um 150 billion is coming from smaller brands 50 billion is coming from the big brands so that's three times outperforming you hundred
1: percent i mean i've taken brands like no-name brands that like chocolate chip cookies like as our main keyword and outperformed the nestle's and the bisco's the chips ahoy uh i
0: have a little pride because i win i win um and they probably don't even, even know competency like you're you're a competent service provider and you're focused on results like like yeah you're you're proud of that but to me that's not like like you said it's good, you said good pride it's you you are you believe in the work that you do and there's nothing wrong with that there's a big difference between competency and bravado
1: yes choose the right agency you know find an agency that has uh it doesn't you
0: know, have to be me it doesn't have to be me similar Just
1: values like
0: Person.
1: Are your values aligned? You know, um, and that's what I'm finding more and more every day is that it's our choice too as owners to you know yep. pick those out. Now, as we kind of step above the weeds, it's like let's try to find those 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 partnerships that make sense. And when me when you're ready to run to like create a software with me, we'll have to use Fullscale.io as our partner. Uh, it's outsourced sure. development, but um, I think we have the knowledge between us that we could create some you know pretty cool stuff uh, for agency owners. Um, that's just a little nugget. Okay. Um, before we sign off, I know we're getting close to that time. I want to make sure we can get on all the platforms without hitting, uh, uh, too much over an hour. Where can people find you? How can they contact you? I know you talked about LinkedIn. Where else can they meet you?
0: Yeah. So you can go to our website, thinkcartology.com. Like if you want to win on Amazon, think cartology. The business is just called cartology though. Um, so go there. I'm working on content. Um, we have a blog post up. So you can just go to the blog and look at that, Um, that will give you, and and honestly, we're talking about some of the most basic things because when we start nerding out and talking about ACOS and ROAS and bid management, like that's, uh, that's what the agencies are doing. That's not what the brands necessarily need uh, to know. So it's, we're talking in in really generalized terms to better understand the marketplace, Um, but really you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm super active on there. I put out a lot of content. There's, you know, I really kind of stay in my lanes of like, um, I would say faith and entrepreneurship and then Amazon. So just kind of my life as an entrepreneur and, and Amazon. Um, those are the two things that I'm really talking about. And uh, that's really where you can find me. I'm not really active on any other, um, any other social media sites. I love it. He's a married man. He has
1: family. He has uh, like priorities. We were talking about that yeah. before we got on the show. And, um, you know, we're talking a little bit about just setting our boundaries and blocking off our schedules a little bit to be able to, um, you know, have some fuel to like, you know, he's like, Hey, I'm working on content. He's working on content because we're working on brands. We're working on building brands. Um, yeah. you know, and we're in that space right now where, um, you know, it, there's so much opportunity um, to grow and, and, you know, you're working on your fit sales process. Like, how do you get to those things? So, focus on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has gotten a lot of my attention. Um, hopefully, on Clubhouse, maybe we can host a room or something. That would know. be
0: cool. I had to turn off all notifications for Clubhouse because I was going on vacation, and they were way too much. And I haven't turned them back on because they've been so overwhelming. But I would actually love to. Um, I've been in some fruitful conversations. I've been in some that were like oh, just exploded. But I think that would be cool. Cool.
1: And- yeah something regular around that i'm trying to get in there so if if that's something you're interested in i think i could pull in some other people to our rooms and we could have some really cool conversations keep these things going um talk about faith entrepreneurship amazon anything you want so um mike it's been awesome having you on the show and if if anyone didn't get those links like i've got it up here on the screen thinkcartology.com um mike marr uh on linkedin that's m-a-h-e-r if you're listening in the car um, yeah. but if you find this on YouTube or Spotify, Apple, we'll have all the links there to his stuff. So you guys can contact him there. Mike, thanks so much for this, for the conversation. It's been awesome.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Andrew. And uh, God bless. Awesome.